y'all are there with me. And I'm going to go to the first verse, I mean the 11th verse. But I certify you, brethren. Now, y'all pay attention because I'm telling you what God spoke to me. But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. For I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. For ye have heard of my conversation or my behavior in time past in the Jewish religion. How that beyond measure I persecuted the church of God and wasted it, and profited in the Jews' religion above many my equal in my own nation, being more exceeding zealous of the traditions of my father. Verse 15. But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by His grace to reveal His Son in me, that I might preach Him among the heathen, immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood. Neither went I up to Jerusalem to them which are apostles before me, but I went into Arabia and returned again unto Damascus. And after three years I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter and abode with him fifteen days. I'm here to tell you that the gospel that I preach, I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it of man, but I have received it by the revelation of Jesus Christ. When Paul was converted, he didn't go up and confer with Peter and the other apostles. He went into the Arabian desert and sought God for nearly three years. And they said he ate just enough to keep him alive. And he had to know the will of God for his life. Because he had spent years persecuting the church. He had been, spent years persecuting the true gospel. Bringing people to prison. Having them put to death. Causing them to blaspheme. Y'all want to know what Paul's thorn in the flesh was? That's it right there. He could not forgive himself for persecuting the church. That was Paul's thorn in the flesh. It was not infirmity in his body. Paul's thorn in the flesh is that he persecuted the church, caused many to blaspheme, caused many to be put to death, many to be thrown into prison, and he couldn't forgive himself for doing that when God revealed himself to him. But Paul spent over three years out in a desert place in Arabia seeking God, and when he did, the Christ that had spoken to him on the road to Damascus, came alive in him. All the word that Paul had studied over the years, he knew the law, he knew the prophets. They didn't have no New Testament then. Boy, ain't we blessed. Because Paul had to preach Christ out of the Psalms and the prophets and the law. He couldn't preach him out of the New Testament. There wasn't one. He hadn't wrote it yet. (laughs) So he preached Christ and persuaded them in Damascus that Jesus was the Christ. And he took the law and the prophets and done it. But he said, when he separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace to reveal his son in me. 
When the Lord touched my life in 1972, He chose me to reveal His Son in me. And the gospel that I preach to you, I've neither received it of man, neither was I taught it by man, but I've received it by the revelation of Jesus Christ. Say, Brother Better, how do you know? Because nothing I'm preaching lines up with what man's taught. It goes beyond it. It goes into a depth of it. Just like I preached last night and showed y'all, and and I've never heard anybody preach that the Holy Ghost is coming to us in these last days, which will be the latter rain, is the full resurrected power of Christ mixed with the humanity of man. But that's what the Lord told me in February 2013. On the 16th day of February 2013, I walked out of that office. He spoke to me and told me, the Holy Ghost I'm sending back to my people will be the full resurrected power of Christ mixed with the humanity of man. And all the churches ever taught about the Holy Ghost, when you get it, you speak in tongues. And y'all know I'm telling you the truth. They ain't taught you nothing about it. They ain't taught you that it's the nature of Christ, the mind of Christ, the wisdom of Christ, the characteristics of Christ, that it, when it comes in, it's going to bring forth the fruit of the Spirit. All they've taught you is you're supposed to talk in tongues. That's wrong teaching. That's wrong teaching. The Lord told us He's going to take all this wrong teaching that man has put in, and somebody just sent me a post. On my Facebook page, said, well, one believes in eating meat, another doesn't. One believes in wearing a finger ring, another doesn't. One believes if you go to church and wear a necktie, you're going to hell. Another believes you come to church without a necktie, you're going to hell. See, all that stuff is man's junk. All that's man's junk. All that is doctrines and traditions of men. Brother Andy, can I borrow your necktie? I forgot my. <laughs> all that's junk. It might have been in sincerity, but it's sincerely wrong. Amen? And people strain it a gnat and swallow a camel over stuff like this. My God, get loose. Get free from the bondage of religion. Start seeking God for the mind and the nature and the spirit of the resurrected Christ along with the wisdom He gained as a man to be revealed in you. Amen? 1 Timothy 2 and 5, For there is one God, and there is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. It's the man Christ Jesus because He's God and man. He's still that body, though He's glorified. He's still got a body. But yet in that body dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead. Are you hearing me? The full power of God that created the heavens and the earth. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost dwell bodily in the Christ because these three are one. You can't separate them. There are three that bear record in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one and they are all revealed bodily in the man Christ Jesus. And now that Spirit's fixing to take its abode in us. Hallelujah. Man, I feel that wheel turning in the middle of the wheel this morning. Now, we're going to get over here to Romans, the sixth chapter. I'm going to give you all something to chew on. 
I think I'll give you enough to chew on. I'm going to give you one more good meal. Anybody ready for some good word? Romans 6, verse 1. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that the grace of God may abound? He says, God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? I want to know how many of y'all out there that your sin nature is totally dead. I didn't say, I didn't ask you if you sinned or practiced sin. Because I don't practice sin. I don't go out striving to commit sin. I do my best not to sin. But there are going to be times we're going to sin. Because... The Apostle John wrote in 1 John chapter 2, My little children, I write unto you that you sin not. But if you do sin, if you do make a mistake, so the sin nature is still there. We are not dead to the sin nature. We have battled every day. You have battled this carnality. You've got to battle these lust, fleshly desires. You've got to battle them. And y'all is dead to sin. Y'all need to sit down and write a book. Show some folks how they can get there. I've been trying 47 years. I ain't got there yet. Closer now than I was when I started. Amen. That sin nature's still alive. That carnal mind's still alive. Brother Michael, the day that sin nature dies and carnal man cease to exist, I mean you may be out of a job. We may have to retire. Y'all bear with me. Is it all right if I go forward? Verse 3. Know ye not that so many as us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into His death. Therefore we are buried with Him in baptism into death, like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should also walk in the newness of life. For if ye have been planted together in the likeness of His death, we shall be also in the likeness of His resurrection, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with Him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. Now he that is dead... Is freed from sin. So there's something here yet that's got to be done. This is not water baptism. This is not water baptism. I've never, in all the years I've been saved and serving God, I've never preached this as water baptism. Some people preach Romans 6 as water baptism. Have I got your attention? Good. Because the only way that you're going to get free from the sin nature if you believe Romans 6 is water baptism is for me to hold you under you quit breathing. <laughs> because that's the only way you're going to be dead to sin. See, we're not dead to sin. So what is this talking about? This is talking about a baptism of His Spirit that is 
coming to us that's going to free us from the sin nature. We've never achieved it. And it's not our fault. It's just God hadn't given it yet. Because this is the last day move of God. This is the latter reign of the Holy Ghost. They had the former reign on the day of Pentecost, and they got a measure of this Christ that I preached last night. They got a measure of Him, but they didn't get the fullness of it. You read in, I believe it's in 2 Corinthians 1 and 22, Paul said we've received an earnest of the Spirit. What's an earnest is a portion. It's a measure. So we've received a measure of the Christ, but we have not received what they received on the day of Pentecost. That's the former reign. All down through the years, we have operated under the reins of the Holy Ghost. Because the former rain dispensation only lasted a couple hundred years if it lasted that long. And if you wasn't in that generation, that dispensation, you didn't get what they got. It wasn't yours to get. So we've operated under the dispensation of the rains. There's three dispensations. Rain, former rain, and latter rain. So we've operated under the dispensations of the rain. But my God, the dispensations of the rains have brought some mighty moves of God. It brought Azusa Street. It brought the revival in Wales. It brought the healing revivals of the 50s. And there's probably many moves of God. Uh, men like Smith Wigglesworth come forth under the rain. Are y'all hearing me? Great men of God come forth. Charles Finney came forth under the rain. They had great revivals, great moves of God. There was a, the revival of prayer that started with Evan Roberts in Wales in the late 1900s. I think it was like 1894-95 started with him. In, in 30 years, it swept the world. There was a man in India named John Hyde. He come up with a nickname called Praying Hyde. He prayed so much, that man would get on his knees and pray 24, 30, 36, 40-something hours at a time. And it broke out revival in India. In that move of God that started with Evan Roberts, there was a move of the Holy Ghost that went around the world in that 30-something year period. And it changed men's lives. My God, there were so many people that got saved in Wales that it Shut the courts down. Five years, 100,000 people came to the Lord. But we've not seen that kind of move of God since. Azusa Street was mighty. They said when uh, the lady that founded the Four Square Church, Amy Simple McPherson, they said she preached in Denver, Colorado. I think it was in the 30s. And they had workers that worked around the clock and said they shut down the factories, said because two shifts of the factories come out to the revival. She preached thirty and 40,000 people and people got saved. It shut the city down, shut the industrial. So we've seen moves of God under the rain. But we have never had any precedent for the latter reigns of the Holy Ghost. Nobody's ever tasted Nobody's ever had it except Jesus Himself. And He received it when He was resurrected. And He's never poured the fullness of His out on anybody. He never come back to this earth and ministered in the full power of God. He never did. 
Matthew 28, 19, he said, All power in heaven and earth is now in me. Do y'all realize all power in heaven and earth is now abides in the body? According to Colossians 1, it said, It pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. All fullness dwells in him. All fullness dwells in him. He's never come back to the earth and ministered under that anointing. I showed you last night that it says in John 14 and 12, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the works that I do shall ye do also, and greater works than these shall ye do, because I go to my Father. He went to the Father. We've never done greater works than Him. But when He sends this Spirit back in us in the fullness, we're going to do greater works than what He done because nobody's ever ministered in the full power of the resurrected Christ. God will now shake the heavens. He will now shake the earth. He will now shake the sea and the dry land. And we will see Book of Acts Revival where 3,000, 4,000, 5,000 get saved at the preaching of the Word. Great miracles. There are going to be people walk the streets like Peter. Uh, and their shadows are going to heal the sick. Uh, cut off limbs are going to be put back on. Uh, people that are paraplegics twisted uh, in wheelchairs or limbs are fixing to unfold. Uh, and they're going to come out of them wheelchairs. Uh, the dead's going to be raised from the embalmed state uh, because we're entering into the latter rain, uh, the fullness of the Holy Ghost uh, taking its abode right here. Taking its abode. Right here. But he ain't going to do it for everybody. Everybody ain't called for it. Everybody ain't chosen for it. Everybody ain't going to present their bodies a living sacrifice. God's chosen you for this. Don't back up. He's chosen you for it. That's why He brought you on this Word in 2009. And he's planted that seed, and that seed's growing. Fight for it. You've got to fight for this. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence. Jesus said from John the Baptist, or from John the Baptist forward, with John, you had the law and the prophets to John the Baptist. From, from John the Baptist forward, the kingdom of heaven suffered violence. And the violent take it by force. Because it wasn't the prophet's ministry. The prophet's ministry led the people until John. But when John came preaching and was the forerunner for Jesus, he said, the kingdom of heaven's at the door. The kingdom of heaven's at hand. And then Jesus stepped out on the scene and began to demonstrate, began to manifest the authority and the dominion of the kingdom and so Jesus said, up to John, you had the law and the prophets. From John until now, or going forward, the kingdom of heaven is revealed. And the kingdom of heaven, it ain't just Jesus in your heart. It's the resurrected Christ being made manifest in you that you can be made a partaker of the divine nature. You can put on His mind. You can put on His nature. You can put on His Word. You can put on His Spirit. Amen? And what He done, you can do. And the very reason you're going to be able to die to sin and the sin nature is going to be destroyed is because He's come in and took His abode. 
You can't do it in yourself. Believe me, I've tried for 47 years. This rascal won't die. This carnal man, he won't die. I tried to starve him to death two different times. I fasted 60-something days two different times and nearly killed my fool self trying to kill this carnal man. But you know what? When I start eating, he come up like a jack-in-the-box. You can fast and pray. It will subdue your carnal man. But until there's a baptism and you are baptized into Christ's death, and water baptism don't do it. You ever seen anybody baptized in water and sin nature left them? I hadn't. Like I said, not unless you hold them down and they quit breathing. <laughs> There's some folks I've baptized that I've been tempted to hold them down to this. <laughs> but Paul was talking about here about a baptism into Jesus' death. Amen. About a baptism into His death. And we've never had this taught to us. This has always been taught as water baptism. People hadn't had this revealed to them and they've not preached it as a baptism of the Spirit that's going to kill the sin nature. But when you read it, it says if you're buried... In the likeness of His death, you're going to be raised in the newness of His life. I've had God work some things in me. I've had God get some vices and faults out of me. But I ain't never been raised in His likeness. I ain't never been raised in His likeness. And you ain't either. I know God done something for me when I know God done something for me too. But I know my sin nature ain't dead. So, there is a baptism. There is a baptism of the nature of Christ. There is a baptism. This is what Paul was talking about in Philippians 3 when he said, I want to know Him in the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. Now look what on uh, look what he went on and said. Being made conformable or being made in the likeness of his death. You can turn over and read it if you want to. It's Philippians three and ten. Being made conformable, when you're conformed to something, you're fashioned like it. Being made conformable unto his death. If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Or I can reach that place that Christ reached when he was raised from the dead. And Paul went on and talked. And he said, I don't count myself as having apprehended this. Let me just go over to it. Brother Matter, you're just preaching strange doctrine. No, I'm just preaching things other preachers won't mess with. 
Y'all with me in Philippians 3? Okay, we'll just start with verse 10. Philippians 3, y'all there with me? That I may know Him, and the power of His resurrection, and the fellowship of His sufferings, being made conformable unto His death. Ain't none of us ever been made conformable to Jesus' death. We've never been there. If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Now, I don't think any of y'all in here have had the experiences Apostle Paul had. But Paul went on in verse 12, says, Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect or mature or complete in Christ, but I follow after if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren... I count not myself to have apprehended, or I ain't got this yet. So if you got what I'm preaching, then you went above what Apostle Paul received. And I don't know any of y'all been caught up to the third heavens. And had the Christ revealed in you, and you heard and seen things that were lawful to others. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, what's God been telling us all week? Leave the old things behind. Don't worry about the old doctrine. Don't worry about traditions. Don't worry about the old teachings. Leave them behind. God's doing a new thing. The reason I'm preaching this, this will take us into the new move. This will take us into the new move. Amen? And reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Any of y'all know what the mark is? I told you at least two or three times. Anybody know what the mark is? Right? To know Him in the power of His resurrection. That's what Paul said I'm pressing for. Paul didn't get it. It wasn't for him. Somebody's going to come to know him in the power of his resurrection. And I'm talking about the full power of Christ right here on this earth. This ain't going to happen when you go up there. Because you ain't going to need it up there. He said in Romans 8, and I can't give you the verse, but he said the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory which shall be revealed in us. Well, the only glory that's going to be revealed in you is going to be down here, and it's going to be the glory of the Christ taking His abode in you. You ain't never going to have any glory of yourself. Not if you submit yourself to Christ. But we are going to press toward that mark. We're going to press toward this baptism that's going to kill this sin nature and going to set us free from sin. Because we don't, we're going to keep going just like we're going. Amen? We're going to keep going just like I don't want to stay like I am. You may like you like you are. I don't like me like I am. 
Don't you blame nobody for your insufficiencies in Christ. You get up in the morning and look in the mirror, it's your fault. I ain't walking with God like I need to be. Ain't nobody else's fault. But don't you blame Sister Deborah. You look at yourself in the mirror and you say, Fella, you the one. You my trouble. You my hindrance. You the one that's keeping me from pressing toward the mark. Because I'm telling you, there's a baptism coming. And God's preparing the people for it. There's a baptism coming that's going to totally destroy and kill the sin nature. Jesus said it was. He said, many of you as have been baptized into Christ has been baptized into His death. So if it, when He died, He died to sin. He died to the sin nature. He was born again and resurrected. He paid for our sins with His body and His blood that was under the law. But His soul was made an offering for sin to destroy the bondage of spiritual death that ruled over us. And gave us life. Before Jesus done what He done, there was no promise of life. There was no eternal life. Man feared the bondage he was under because he didn't know where he was going. But Jesus came and destroyed the devil. Hebrews 2 said, Him that had the power of death, He destroyed him. He destroyed that yoke of bondage. He destroyed him that had the power of death. That's spiritual death. That's spiritual death. He destroyed him. Destroyed him that had the bondage of death, even the devil. He destroyed him. First John 3 will tell you, uh, 3 and 8 I believe it is, said, He that sinneth is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. But for this purpose the Son of God was manifested that He might destroy the works of the devil. What did He destroy? Satan's bondage and power over spiritual death. And when you're set free from spiritual death, when you're set free from the bondage of sin and the sin nature, you are free. We'll run around quoting the Scripture. Whom the Son is made free is free indeed. What are you made free from? Whom the Lord has set, I, I can't get it, it's John 8.32 and then I think it goes on 8.36. But anyway, He said He set us free. Well, what have you been set free from? If He forgives your sins, you're just going to go around, go right back and get bound in sin again. You ain't been set free from anything. You've been forgiven, but you ain't been set free. I don't want to just be forgiven. I want to be made free. Amen? And there is a baptism that will destroy the sin nature. It will plant you in the likeness of His death. How does it do that? What He conquered, what He overcame, what He destroyed in His death will come in and take its abode in you and it will drive the sin nature out of you. Am I making sense? But we ain't got this yet. Why? It's not been God's time. We've not been prepared for it. But now He's getting us ready for it. Now he's getting us ready for it. I'm fixing to write a farewell letter to myself. I have not yet apprehended. Have you apprehended? Have you attained the fact that your sin nature is destroyed? But Paul 
said, what are we going to do? Because of the grace of God, we're going to continue on in sin? He said, God forbid. God forbid that we that are freed from sin going to dwell in sin or going to live there any longer. But see, we've been forgiven. There's a difference between being forgiven and being delivered from it. Lord, forgive us all. You pray, you mess up, you make a mistake, you pray, He'll forgive you. But He wants to totally deliver you. He wants to set you free. Amen. You shall know the truth. There it is right there. You shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. Amen. I'm preaching the truth to you. I'm preaching the truth to you that will make you free. It won't just get you forgiven and baptized in water. It'll get you baptized in something that'll make you free from the bondage of sin. You shall know the truth. Truth shall make you free. I believe that's John eight thirty two, and then you go on to thirty six, and it says, "And he whom the Son." Is made free, is free indeed. Lord just don't want to set you free. He wants to keep you free. He wants to keep you free. Amen. He wants to keep you free. So I my my goal is I'm striving to know him in the power of his resurrection. In the fellowship of his sufferings, that if by any that that I can be made conformable to his death. When his spirit comes in, you're gonna be made conformable to his death. You're gonna understand everything he went through. The power to destroy the yoke of sin is gonna be revealed in you. Everything he destroyed, everything he overcame, everything he conquered, everything he suffered. Is going to be revealed in you when His Spirit comes in because He ain't coming in in part no more. He's fixing to come in in fullness. And so we're going to be able to face every demon. We're going to be able to face every trouble, every trial, every sickness, every disease, every heartache, every sorrow that Jesus went through and know how to deal with it, know how to overcome it. Why? Because we've been planted in the likeness of His death. And we're going to be raised in the newness of his life. We got something to fight for. We got something to look forward to. You know why I'm looking forward to this? It's my inheritance. It's my inheritance. Paul in Romans 8 said, We are heirs with God and joint heirs with Christ. Or joint means equal. It means equal. Just going to heaven don't make you equal with Christ. And I'm going to tell you all something. There's a difference between just going to heaven and possessing eternal life. I'm messing with you again, ain't I? There's a difference. Brother Andy, there's a difference between just dying and going to heaven. There's a difference between living eternal and having eternal life. There's a difference. You want to say it? There's a difference. You understand what I'm talking about? No. Okay, if you serve God, if you live a good life, if you pray and you die and you go to heaven, 
you're going to live eternally. Right? But that's not eternal life. Eternal life is when you put on the nature of Christ. When you put on His name, His attributes, His power, His authority, His dominion. When you are made a king and priest that rules and reigns with Him a thousand years. That's eternal life. That's eternal life. See, I was telling you all about the first resurrection the other day. All these people that have given their life for His name didn't receive the mark, the number, the name of the beast, but had their heads cut off. Y'all following with me? They refused to take the mark, the number, the name. That shows you right there that the coming of the Lord's after tribulation. It's after tribulation. Because those that done that, along with those of us that have gone through tribulation and still alive and remain, when He raises those up, that's the dead in Christ I was telling you about. But people like your mama, She's she's of those that are asleep in Jesus. She ain't going to be part of His first resurrection. The rest of the dead ain't going to live again until after the thousand-year reign. When you're part of the thousand-year reign, you've obtained eternal life. When you're in this number of kings and priests and you're part of His first resurrection, you've obtained eternal life. People like my daddy, people like my mama, they're not going to be a part of this first resurrection, this thousand-year reign. They, gonna, they ain't going to live again till after this first resurrection. And he said, those of you that are part of the first resurrection, second death has no power over you. Boy, y'all got real quiet on me real quick. I heard some pins drop on the carpet right back there. <laughs> Is this different? Yeah. But it's things we need to know. It's things we need to know if we're going to seek after this, if we're going to possess it, if we're going to press toward the mark. See, pressing the war, toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus or coming to know Him in the power of His resurrection, it's going to take you into eternal life. But just to live with Jesus in heaven, like your mama going to do, that's not the same thing. That's not the same thing. Y'all following with me? So, there is an eternal life that we will possess if we follow on to know the Lord. You can't stop with part truth. And people have stopped with part truth. They've stopped with getting the Holy Ghost and goosebumps and feeling good, talking in a few tongues. But we've not pursued his divine nature. We've not pursued His mind. We've not pursued Him being revealed in us because we've never been taught to. Hadn't been our fault, we just hadn't been taught to. Now God's teaching us what to do and where to go. God's teaching us to move forward. In that dream that I had, the Lord said, this church going forward. Amen. And God has drawn people in here this week by His Spirit to take them forward. Take them forward. Because this is what's going to set this generation free. Nothing else. You can't set this generation free. You can't set your own son free. 
Can't none of y'all set your loved ones free. But we get this resurrected Christ in us, there'll be an authority and a dominion to set them free. Amen. Amen. I feel like I've said about all I need to say today. <laughs> I'm not trying to confuse you, but I want you to understand. I want you to understand. There's more in serving God than just going to church. There's more in serving God than just confessing Jesus in your heart. And that's all some people will do. They'll live a good life, they'll die and go to heaven. I don't want to just live a good life and die and go to heaven, Sister May. I want the kingdom of heaven revealed in here. I want the Christ to totally consume my life. Paul said in Galatians 2.20, the life that I now live in the flesh, he said, it's not I that live, but it is the Christ that liveth in me. Christ totally took over Paul's life. If Paul had been alive today, he would possess what the Lord showed him. But it wasn't for Paul's day. But I got news for y'all. Paul going to be alive in his first resurrection. I'm looking forward to talking to him. <laughs> Was he not beheaded for the faith? So, he's going to be part of that first resurrection. Amen? We're going to have some conversations. Paul, why did you write all them books and put first and second on them? You've had me confused all my life. Why didn't you just name them something different? First, second Corinthians, first, second Timothy, first, second Thessalonians, and then Peter. Why'd you write first, second Peter, and then Apostle John? Couldn't you done something beside first, second, and third John? We get to spend a thousand years with them. Why? That's our inheritance. For what we'll go through, for the persecution, the tribulation, the heartache, the sorrow, that'll be our inheritance. Amen. That'll be our inheritance. Those people that refused to follow. And the mark of the beast ain't no literal chip. It's a mindset. It's a spirit. I'm telling you, it's a mindset. I remember the Lord spoke to me four or five years ago. He said the mark of the beast is a, it's a mindset. It's a spirit. Because where did it say it was going to be? In their foreheads or in their right hand. Right hand is power. So when that thing gets in your mind, it's going to give you power to worship the beast. I ain't going that way. I'm going to be covered by the blood of the Lamb. And the Lord will have to bring forth the people that He can sustain supernaturally. He's getting the people ready. Y'all tell me you got the power of a resurrected eternal Christ in you and you can't live eternally? I don't believe that. I'm not going to go any further because I can see that look getting on some of y'all's faces. Uh-huh. See, I can only give you so much and you got to digest it. How many of this has been good? It's been good. So I'm going to stop right here. The Lord's ministered to us. He's touched lives this morning.
He's touched lives all week. He's ministered to us all week. The glory of the God has come down. There's been a powerful word this week. And we still got one more service. I wouldn't miss it if I didn't have to. I know some people have to, but I wouldn't miss it. But see, my life should be an example. Because 47 years of my life, I've done nothing but dedicate, travel, preach. The Lord's confirmed the Word all over the world with signs and wonders following. I mean all over the world. The Lord's confirmed this Word. So I preached the kingdom, says Pat, when I didn't know what the kingdom was. But the Lord's always confirmed it. Amen. So, if you won't get behind something that's going somewhere, and something that's doing something, this word I'm preaching is going somewhere and doing something. We've already started preaching live stream to folks in Kenya, Africa, and they're begging us to do more services. There are people over there right now with some of the people we're working with, and they're finding out whether they're going to receive this word or not, whether we keep sending them equipment or not, and whether they're going to follow this word or not. And if they are, we're fixing to do live stream services to more churches in more areas. And then I told the pastor over there, I said, I want to do a live video conference and start teaching preachers how to have a dedication with the Lord and how to teach their people how to have a dedication, how to get them to seeking after the Holy Ghost. Because I've been in some of these countries, and they just got a form of religion. They just get baptized in water, and they ain't taught what the Holy Ghost is. They ain't taught. So we need to teach. But when Sister Patty ministered to me in 2017 and told me God was going to start spreading this gospel all over the world through the Internet, through the live stream, and at the right time, the Lord would send me to these countries and establish churches. After two years of labor trying to get doors to open, they finally started open. I feel like we're fixing to have a door open in the Philippines, several places in the Philippines. And it ain't going to stop there. So I'm asking for your help today. Some of you have heard me talk about our Gideon's 300. LaDana come to me the other day. She said, when I got saved in your meetings, when I was just a young girl, she said, you was talking about the Lord. The Lord spoke to me in 1996. That's just a couple years after LaDana come in. You're talking about somebody God changed in her life. She walked into my tent in 94. God totally revolutionized her life and her sister's life and her mama's life. Her mama was going through such powers and pressures that she asked me and my wife and my family just to come and spend the night in their home, sleep in her bed, and it delivered her from a nervous breakdown, didn't it? Just me and my wife coming to spend the night with her, and we slept in her bed. And she, I mean, she was about to have a complete mental collapse. And she slept in that bed after we left. God healed her. Healed her mind, healed her spirit, healed her nerves. But in that time, the Lord spoke to me. He said, there's coming a day that I'm going to give you 300 people that's going to help you with $100 a month. And you're going to refer to them as Gideon's 300. 
And I started talking about the day. And says, she came to me the other night and said, I remember when I was a girl just got saved, you was talking about this. But see, it didn't take hold then. And about two months after the Lord told me, he said, I didn't tell you it was for now. He said, I told you there'd be a day. Well, about two months ago, the Lord spoke to me and said, you start talking about this Gideon's 300 again because the ministry's fixing to explode and I'm fixing to raise up these 300 people. It's going to help you with $100 a month. Now, I ain't asking for your tithe from your church. You, you honor God with your tithe at your own church. You don't take nothing from this church and give it to me. If you're a member of this church and you support it, don't you take any of your support from this church and give it to me. That's not right. You stand with this church, you stand with this pastor. But the way God's blessed us in this country, just about every one of us could find $25 a week. You can buy past Starbucks two mornings a week. I like Starbucks too. You could not eat lunch a couple weeks, a couple days a week. You can find $25. God's richly blessed us. And those of you that will, I'm asking you to be a part of this Gideon's 300. And just once a month, whenever you can, send it to me. We got a couple of people that they fixed it where... At a certain time every week, twenty five dollars will come out of their checking account or off their debit card, and goes into our uh, our war revival guy. I ain't asking you for me. I'm asking you for ministry. I'm asking you for souls. They've got it fixed where a certain day of the week, twenty five dollars will come out. You'll never miss it. You'll never miss it. There's people got it set up once a month. Draft a check off their bank. However you want to do it. But I'm telling you, there's a great blessing in helping me win souls. Because the Bible said, he that won the souls is wise. Amen. But I'm, I'm mentioning that to you right now. But what I want you to do right now, I'm going to receive an offering. If you want to do that, you talk to my wife after the service day and tell her I'm going to be a part of this. She'll tell you how to do it. But right now, I want to receive an offering. And I'm going to ask you to honor this word. 